Hello, and welcome to 404 Podcast Found. I'm your host, Owen Godimer. This episode is brought to you by Coveros Training, offering expert training in Agile, DevOps, testing, and more. We'll have more on that later. For now, let's jump into the episode. Gene Godimer is a senior architect at Coveros, where he works with his clients to build software better, faster, and more securely by introducing Agile development and DevOps practices. Spoiler alert, he's also my dad. While we planned on recording a technical podcast, we ended up talking about the challenges individuals and organizations face while we work from home during this global pandemic, and how getting thrown into remote work could shape our future. Even if it doesn't keep going on like this, working from home, being remote is going to be a reality for a lot of companies forever now. This this is... The, the companies that resisted saying, hey, I want you always in the office, that, that ship has sailed, right? They're, they're at the very least going to have to back off of 100% in the office if people were successful in working from home during quarantine and mm-hmm. all that. Um, but the biggest thing is test it out. Start doing it, right? Do Well, you're forced into a pilot program now, but right, right do, do some of that. Make sure you have VPNs. Right, part of every installation on our laptops uh, that our IT department does, obviously, is make sure a VPN set up. Test it. Make sure you've used it before. Right, the last time you want to be trying to set up the VPN for the first time is when you happen to be someplace where you think you need a VPN. You know, public public internet. You know, Starbucks. Uh, you know, Wegmans Airport, whatever. And you realize, hey, you know, I really want to make sure this is on VPN. And you're two minutes from meeting time, and you're trying to figure it out, right? So get the VPN set up. And for companies, get a VPN solution, right? They're, they're easy to set up. There's You can set up your own on Amazon or Azure or, or Google and, mm-hmm. and set it up. Um, there's some cost involved with just the compute time, but OpenVPN is a open source solution, works for everyone, right? Um, or just buy it, right? Or some internet providers give it to you, right? Mm-hmm. Just set it up. So that's the big one. The other thing is, uh, headsets for everyone. Everyone needs to have access to a headset. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're not always going to use a headset, if your mic on your laptop works fine most of the time. That time when you're at Starbucks or at the airport or in the public place and you just can't hear everyone, everyone needs headsets. Um, and practice doing meetings on it, right? Get the headset set up. Make sure it works. Make sure you try it. Do meetings, even if people are local or, or nearby, everyone. Um Get everyone on and, and try. Everybody speaking on a on a um, on a headset, um, and and try the idea. We we used to do this a lot, and I don't think I really appreciated how important it was until the last couple of years. Uh, if somebody's remote, everyone's remote. It doesn't matter if nine of you are in the same room, and that tenth person is the only person remote. Don't put a speakerphone on. Get everybody to get headsets on, and and practice because. It teaches you when and when you can talk over people, when you can interrupt people, how you can get people's attention. Um, you actually learn a lot better manners about not talking over people because it's easy to do when nine of you are on a speakerphone, but you that tenth person just can't get a word in edgewise, right? So being remote actually behaves very differently. Uh, I know some people who we, we've met before that uh, have done one of our keynote speakers, Andrea Goulet. Uh, she was saying that she and her husband, they work together. Uh, they work in separate offices on the opposite side of a wall, but the rest of their company is virtual. So they always talk about, you know, they are on headsets and they try to minimize the yelling across the doorway to each other because the other employees, the other people in the meeting, 
they can't partake in that, right? So in order to keep the company running and understand it's a remote interaction, they have to get on headsets and talk to each other from, you know, 10 feet away through, you know, whatever meeting program they have because that's the way everyone else does it. The That's great that people have access to these virtual technologies that we didn't have 10, 15, 20 years ago. But one thing that I think is going to be crucially missed with work from home is that social interaction. Absolutely. I obviously have roommates. My family lives right down the street from me. I can come over and see you and the rest of my family. Uh, not everyone's in a position where that makes sense uh, while they're working from home, especially during this quarantine period where we can't even go out after work to see people. That's something I used to be really good about is I'd work you know, from eight to four and then I'd be out of the house at four o'clock doing something just so mm-hmm. I can have that social interaction. What are some ways that people can continue to get that social interaction outside of regular working hours, having the video Zoom or, or hangouts or meet meetings? So part of it is, um, you know, like you said, Zoom and, and, and Google Hangout and Google Meet or all those. Uh, and even like Slack and Twitter can be really great work tools. Uh, but if you try to restrict it to just work, the, the social just isn't there, right? I mean, you interact differently socially with somebody than you do professionally. And even if they're professional colleagues, right? Um, you don't joke around with them in a meeting mm-hmm. and stuff. So uh, make sure you have something. We have uh, Just For Fun mm-hmm. in, in the in the hub, right? Hop on Just For Fun every now and then. And hey, you know, I saw this funny meme. I, you know, I saw a great video, right? What are people doing? How are people dealing with this? Um, actually, you know, it's, it's not forced, but explicitly go out and try socially interacting with people, even if you're doing it over chat. Um, for the, you know, I mentioned earlier, I love having the, uh, the video on mm-hmm. because the social interaction you get is very, very different um, when you see somebody's reactions and when you're just hearing them on the end of a, a phone line, essentially, right? Um, the other thing I actually liked, and I, I don't, I've never tried it, although it kind of happens organically a lot, um, Jurgen Apollo uh, does a lot of stuff on Agile. He's written a bunch of books, and he does a lot of remote teams. And one of the things he suggested at a conference I was at was um, he actually blocks off the first five minutes of every startup. Not the five minutes before the stand-up, but the first five minutes of every stand-up is set to be completely social. You are not allowed to talk about uh, work. So how are your kids doing How's the family? What have you been doing in your spare time? How's your hobby going? Whatever. It's just forced social interaction, right? And it helps them, uh, in his view, and I, I would tend to agree, that it helps you get to know the people you're dealing with socially. Now, even if you're in a, an organization where you do know the people socially, you, do, you know you're friends with people, but now you're in a situation like now where you're always remote mm-hmm. from them, take some time and say, hey, we're hopping on and, and we're starting the stand-up in, in uh, we're st- hop on now. The stand-up starts in five minutes. Let's just talk. Let's just shoot the breeze and, and, you know, talk to each other and figure out what's going on and how people are dealing with whatever they're going through at the time. Right? I think that it's super, uh, it happens organically a lot, at least with the teams I'm working with, mm-hmm. where people just have those conversations. We talk about asking, asking people how the family is, how are their hobbies mm-hmm. going. I think what's cool is that first time that it started happening with my teams, I was learning things about these people, the hobbies about these people that I had no idea about to begin with. Sure. So I couldn't ask them about their hobbies because I didn't know, but you know, spend those first five, 10, 15 minutes on the call and you really get to know these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's super, from a social perspective, su- super important. 
obviously after we move out of this quarantine period um, and we're able to go out and socially engage with people, if you are working from home, it is crucial to get out of your house. You do not want to be stuck <laughs> in your house all yep. day, every day, work, eat, sleep, you know, mm-hmm. recreation, leisure. That's You, you want to make sure you're getting out of your house to, to do something. Yeah, it's funny because I, I have been a commuter for a long time. Uh, my commute's long. It takes up a huge chunk of my day, and I've been dying for an opportunity to do full-time remote, you know, for not the greatest of reasons, but, you know, now we're in a situation where I am working remote all the time. Um, I am I know how to do it. I've been practicing at it. You know, like you said, our company does this, uh, but the client hadn't. But now what I find out is even though I got a lot of time back because I'm not commuting, um, and I have a lot more free time. I'm not really working a ton more hours because I find that I can focus for my eight hours, nine hours, whatever I'm working that day. But after it, I need to escape. I, I cannot just sit there and work. And, and so, you know, a lot of people talk about when you're getting used to remote work or work from home, set clear boundaries on your day. Like you said, you know, you, you're eight to four and then you mm-hmm. force yourself out. Uh, for me, it's just happened. Like I'm just burned. I, I've worked my day. I cannot, even though I have the time during the day and even if, you know, the rest of the family is not home or around or they're doing other things, it's still really nice sometimes to just say, okay, I got to unplug for a while. Um, the nice thing about work from home is you can do that during the day some too, right? You can take a little bit of an extended lunch and get back and know that you're not, you know, for me, it was missing the bus or, or fighting to get to the bus at the end of the day. But I can just, you know, say, hey, I'll spend an extra 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour even later on. Right now, I'm just going to unplug for a while. And it actually really helps you recharge. You know, you feel a lot better. You're a lot more productive when you get back because you're in the right state of mind. Yeah, the, there's some techniques that are that people use and have used for a long time, like Pomodoro technique. Mm-hmm. 25 minutes on, 5 minutes off. Mm-hmm. 25 minutes on, 5 minutes off until the fourth 25 minutes. And that's an extended 15-minute break during those days. One of the things I like to do during that, I don't I do not do a perfect Pomodoro because you get meetings mm-hmm. and stuff happens. But what I like to do during that extended break every two-ish hours is to get outside on a walk. Mm-hmm. I can still, especially now, I can still socially distance myself. But I'm able to get outside, kind of enjoy the fresh air. Um, where we are here in the Washington, D.C. area, the sun finally came out yesterday. And, and we've had a couple of days of sunshine, so it's been really nice to get outside and walk. Um, I think that's super important too. The fresh air, I think, really kind of yep. wakes you up and, and re-energizes you and gets you ready to um, continue your work day uh, rather than sitting in your your home office all yeah. day every day. Instead of going out for a jog in the morning, some mornings it's still been cold in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I've uh, pushed it off till after lunch, right? And that's a great time mm-hmm. because then I come back and I'm not like, okay, I'm back awake. Yeah, it takes a long it's a long lunch to do it, but I can get started earlier because I'm not working out in the morning. I can go, you know, run, go up and shower, come back. And, and, you know, I definitely feel refreshed with that. So that's definitely a good one. So a lot of companies have been forced into this work from home. We mentioned at the top that we've been working remotely for a long time. Our company's always been virtual first. What are some of the major benefits of actively choosing to be a virtual first company? Obviously, people are forced into it now. But, you know, we made the active decision to do that. Our, our leaders made the active decision to do that. What are the major benefits well, the, the big one, obviously, is not having to pay mm-hmm. a lease or rent or whatever it is, right? You're, you're just, you're avoiding that huge mm-hmm. cost. And for a consulting company where a lot of us are always at a client site, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it just didn't make sense to have uh, an office. So that's, that's the biggest, right? Or, or the, the most obvious, let's say. Um, but the other thing is that you're drawing now from a pool of employees from anywhere, right? It's not 
we don't, and, and I think we're going to see this after the quarantine period ends, it's no longer going to be forced to say, hey, we're going to grab people from the Washington, D.C. area because that's where our clients are, and some of them are going to want their you know mm-hmm. people present. Uh, I think people are going to adjust, and, and organizations are going to adjust, and they're going to start realizing, hey, a lot of times you're just not going to ever have these people in the in the office. You're going to have to get used to the fact that some of them live outside your metropolitan area or wherever you are. Um, and that has huge benefits for a hiring, right? There's a bigger pool. Uh, people can get jobs that uh, live in a lower cost of living area and still get a job mm-hmm. uh, working in a high cost of living area, right? Like D.C. or, you know, West Coast, East Coast, right? That there's a whole lot of America in between that, you know, a lot of times gets ignored for, let's say, big tech jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're not in, you know, New York, D.C., Silicon Valley, right? So all of a sudden now you have a lot more people to choose from and a lot more people to work with. Um, and, and that makes it really good, especially in like the consulting world, right? Where, where people might uh, be nervous about not living in an area that has tons of jobs always coming up. Now they can be remote and say, hey, well, if there's nothing in this area, I'll just try to find a job in another area. It's no longer tied to where I am geographically. Yeah, so I think another really great thing about work from home, and you mentioned this a little bit, is the saved commute time. Mm-hmm. And obviously right now we can't get out after the work to go and do things, but I think that that saved commute time um, is huge because someone yep. like you who's commuting two to three hours a day, yep. Now you get two to three hours back that you can use to do whatever you want. And that can improve your happiness, your quality Absolutely. of life, and all these different things that I think we take for granted. You know, I think a lot of people actually enjoy commutes. I don't think anyone enjoys an hour commute or an hour and a half commute. I've, I've met some people that are like, yeah, we like the 20-minute commute because it allows me mm-hmm. to kind of shut off work and turn yep. music on my radio or whatever. But an hour and a half, you know, my brother, your son Tim, had just is getting a, a, a new job, and he is going to save, like, three hours a week or three hours a day commuting and we did the math and it's like an extra three weeks of his life every year he gets yep. back which is to yep. think about that much time is so crucial to your happiness and your your way of life yeah i mean like you said i, I think a lot of people enjoy commute might be too too strong mm-hmm. a lot of people have figured out good ways to deal with the commute uh for me i was leaving early and i would sleep on the way in and i'd take a nap on the way out so it wasn't like wasted time because I really, I wasn't sleeping as much at night. Um, so this made up for it. Right. So that, that actually worked out for me, but it's a whole lot different not having to deal with that. So that's, that's a big thing. So I have a lot more flexibility. I have a lot more free time. Um, and I just really think that, yeah, people having to, having to set aside that block of time that I guess that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it wasn't so much that, I, that it was wasted because, like I said, you know, I was rather than sleeping seven to eight hours at night, I was sleeping, you know, five hours at night, then sleeping an hour in, sleeping an hour out. So, you know, I was getting my seven hours just in, in breaks and it actually worked out. I'm completely able to nap immediately. Uh, but not having to set aside, not not having to say, look. My time, I have to be in bed by this time because I have to get up in time mm-hmm. to get ready and catch a bus at this time. And I'm only going to be able to work this long. And if if something comes up towards the end of the day, I have to make a choice. I'm either going to you know, figure out a different way home or I'm going to leave in the middle of it because this is when my bus right. leaves. So I have to go catch it. Um, and then knowing that you know, 
my wife, my family, they, they couldn't plan anything before 5.30. I, I mean, I used to have on my calendar, literally, where people would try to, you know, set something up for late in the afternoon. We need to have a quick meeting, but we need to wait till we were off all off our client engagement, so I need to be later in the day. And I just have to say, hey, it has to be before 4 or after 5.30, because the rest of that time, I am on a bus. And that, that level of inflexibility was not fun. That, that's definitely something I'm really appreciating now. Yeah, and I think that more people will start to see that play a role in the way that they go about working. And I think that's another reason why companies are going to start to, mm-hmm. to again, move uh, into the direction of work from home now that, you know, they were forced into this situation now, but now that they know it's possible. Yeah, well, and, and the flip side, I think, works too. Like, I'm, I, am a, I, I work too much, but I'm a definite proponent if you need something to distract mm-hmm. you, right? You can't always be focused on work. Right? Even if it's something, you know, programming or something for me that might be a hobby, uh, I have to separate that from the programming I do for work, the development I do for work. Um, but I know many, 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 many years ago, I worked for a company called CyberCash, and uh, one of the things they did that I thought was great at the time, people people were dealing with modems at the time, right? That, that was your dial-up. A lot of people still mm-hmm. used AOL. Um, this was definitely the ancient days. Um, but you had to use, like, you know, 14.4 modems, 28.8 modems, right? Uh, those, were the, those were the speeds we were at. And one of the things they did for every employee that came in was they got us an ISDN line that they paid for. And the ISDN line was, was faster. It was twice as fast as most people internet that they could get at the time. But the bigger news was that as soon as you tried to connect out over the modem, it would automatically connect. It didn't tie up a phone line. You didn't have to wait for it to dial in. I mean, it actually did on the back end, but it wasn't like it took like 15, 20 seconds to mm-hmm. connect. Um, and they encouraged everyone to use it. And that was one of the bigger things. It wasn't like, hey, they were paying by the minute for this, but they weren't telling you, hey, only use this for work. So literally, we'd get a home uh, you know, and, and have dinner and stuff with our families. And then later in the evening, a lot of us would get online and play some online games together. We'd, we'd play cooperative games uh, against each other, with each other, and all this. And sometimes it would go late into the night, right? Uh, and we were chewing up at the company's dime. Me, you know, the head, the head of development, the, the head of operations, the you know, the, the second in charge in operations, the, the head of marketing all would be on playing video games together. And the weirdest thing would happen because for one thing, every time we'd finish up, you know, let's say it's 11, 12 o'clock at night, uh, we'd log off and the first thing we do is, well, I'm going to check my email. Why not? Because it's right there, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, emails that needed a quick question, we were dealing, we we had a West Coast office, we had some international partners. All of a sudden, we could resolve problems right then because we just bothered checking in because I didn't have to go through the trouble of dialing. So I was encouraged to kind of be online all the time, which obviously that's not a problem anymore. Everyone is. Mm. But the other thing we found was that um, sometimes, a couple times I remember we were playing a game and a problem would come up and all of a sudden the, it was literally the head of ops would say, Ooh, we have a server down. Anybody know what's going on? And this is in in-game chat, right? Uh-huh. Right. So you're playing, we were driving, I think the game we were playing at the time was like Red Alert or, or uh, Command and Conquer or... or uh, Maybe it was uh, Carmageddon, but it doesn't matter, right? All of a sudden, the in-game chat, hey, server just went down. Does anybody know about this? And we'd bail out of the game, and you had a team of people already there working on it. Um, the kind of the low inertia to 
get back to work and to be socially involved with all the other people that you worked with, I think made a big difference in us being able to, hey, we'll hop on and work. Why not? Yeah, I know I'm giving extra hours after my time, but it's important that we, if we fix this now, it doesn't stay around till tomorrow morning. And they're paying for the internet and they have it set up for us. So it's really easy. They've made it easy for us. And and all of that, I think, really adds up. And, and I think, you know, nowadays, again, everyone's always connected and all that. But the idea that you can make it easy for people to, to interact and you can, you know, if you have a Zoom account, have a Zoom happy hour, right? Get everyone together, get everyone talking, maybe play some game nights remotely, especially now where you can't see people. Try to set it up and, and use it socially because what you'll find is, yeah, there's some costs and there's some effort and, and maybe you don't always want to hang out with the people from work. Maybe, you know, you want to hang with other friends too, but getting to know the people socially and hanging out with them socially and, and being involved with them after hours, um, you get to know them better, you, you interact better. And when things come up, all of a sudden it's like, uh, it's not like I'm dropping out of what I was doing with these people to, to do something for work. Sometimes, you know, five minutes tonight saves us hours of cleanup tomorrow. And just because we were doing the you know, we were doing a virtual happy hour. We happened to be on when all that came down. And, and I think that's, like I said, back then it was a really big deal. Now I think it's still important to learn some of those lessons. And much like in sports, getting to know your team really helps improve the way you work together. And, you know, it, it, when I grew up playing sports, I was always hanging out with my teammates outside of the actual practices and games. And then we get into games and we're able to communicate much more efficiently and effectively. Yeah. And it's very similar here sure. in the, in the corporate world. If you can, you know, say things or, or address things in a certain, certain way, then it really helps bring things together. It also helps with your body language and the way you're saying things. People can recognize, like, I've had some, some of my teammates say, you know, they'd call me after meeting, like, Hey, is everything going all right? I was like, I didn't think I was acting weird. They're like, you did this or that, and that's unlike you. Yeah. So it seems like something was up. They wouldn't have known that unless we had been able to interact outside of work, and, and they didn't feel comfortable coming to me in that situation. They had to trust that I'd be receptive to that, and that's part of the mm-hmm. building those social relationships. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, there's a lot of cues. and Some of them are even even more obvious than trying to watch for the facial tics or the mm-hmm. you know how they're moving their hands or anything like that. Uh, Rich Mills, you know, our coworker, was just saying the other day that a lot of times he'll hop on the uh, video chat immediately, you know, and they stay on video chat all day, but he likes having the camera on, even though not everyone does, because sometimes he has to get up and use the restroom, go get a drink, go grab something to eat, uh, deal with something that, you know, one of his kids is dealing with because they're home too right now. Um, And just the fact that you see the video of the empty chair sitting there, all of a sudden lets people know, Rich isn't here. I'll catch him when he gets back. He, He was there. I noticed him in the corner of the screen, you know, five minutes ago. Uh-huh. He'll he'll be right back. And sure enough, you know, he comes back now. You can ask him once he gets his headphones on, right? Things like that. There's a lot of cues involved in that. And that that is something, getting used to setting yourself up to give those cues. You're having the cameras on, making sure people know when you're on, when you're off work, uh, when it's okay to contact you, when it's not. Right? All of those are things that... There's no good answer for because it it's different for everyone. It's different for mm-hmm. every team. It's different for every organization, every situation. But, you know, those types of things I think we'll see people getting a lot better at uh, and setting themselves up to be successful for, you know, as, as they get used to working from home now. As promised, here is some more about Covero's training. With Covero's training, you learn what you need no matter where you and your team are with online instructor-led live virtual learning. Visit training.coveros.com 
to see upcoming classes in Agile, DevOps, test automation, and more. Plus, explore our volume discounts for groups and our private scheduling options. Govero's training, learning delivered. We'd love to continue this conversation and more on the TechWell Hub. You can join our Slack community at hub.techwell.com. And remember to check out techwell.com to learn about our expert training, conferences, and communities for software professionals.